This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Greetings and salutations. Hello, everybody. Thursday on the Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcoming in the Facebook page for the Blaze. Hey, everybody, I missed you last week. We're on vacation, but we're back ready and raring to go. And I I thought last week was a big news week. Of course, with yesterday's events and other things happening, we have a lot to talk about today. Here's the theme for today's show. You are the first line of defense. The events yesterday in Alexandria, Virginia, have reaffirmed that notion in my mind, and I want to reaffirm it in yours. And I'm not just talking about your ability to defend yourself, your God-given right to defend yourself that is enshrined and protected, at least for the time being, in the Constitution of the United States. All of that is coming your way. Not just that, but also, if you are under attack, ways of saving your life medically. We'll get into all of it here on the program. Dial us up at 888-933-93-888-900-3393. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. That's on-demand listening for Blaze Radio programming. Binge listening, if you will. I'm not quite into this, although I can see the appeal of just cramming in a whole bunch of episodes at the end of the week or on a Saturday. And I know people who do this. I kind of like to to listen to my talk radio day of, but some people want to catch up all on Saturday when they're doing nothing, which is fine. Netflix does this kind of thing, right? You just watch episodes I think I did that with Stranger Things because I didn't know it was around but I'm going to watch it week by week when season 2 comes out uh, catching the show live blaze.com slash radio blaze radio smartphone app the iHeartRadio app on uh, uh, let's see the social media you got the Facebook page the Chris Salcedo show Facebook again is the Chris Salcedo show on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX and on the blaze.com you can go to the channels section, theblaze.com and channels. Okay, so before we get into any of the talk of you are the first line of defense, and today we're going to talk with Congressman Michael McCall of the House Homeland Security Committee. We're going to talk with a guy that's going to teach you about first responding medically, and then we're going to talk about a guy uh, to a guy who wants to uh, make sure that you are up on uh, your rights as a gun owner in the country, Larry Pratt. 
from Gun Owners of America. As a matter of fact, I'm going to use my, my buddy Dana Lash. She jumped on Fox News yesterday and just ripped apart some liberal gun nut. It was great. It was great to watch because she had facts, you see, and rationality on her side, you see. And I can hardly wait to play the audio for you. If you folks are on Facebook Live, you might want to jump on if you didn't, you didn't catch this on, uh, on Fox yesterday. We'll play the audio for you so you can hear Dana just rip this, this little man to shreds. It was very, very entertaining. What I want to start off with today is uh, I, I appeared on I-24 News yesterday. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it is a uh, New York-based, well, it's, it has an outlet or a, uh, a bureau in New York, but it's based out of Israel. A really nice folks over there. Uh, David Schuster is one of the anchors, and uh, forgive me for not remembering her last name, Michelle, uh, delightful lady. They are the anchors of the program that I was on yesterday. And the guy that I was sitting uh, across from, figuratively speaking, because I was broadcasting here from the, from the Blaze studio, uh, the guy I was sitting across from was a guy from San Diego who I, I knew of. His name's Chip Franklin. And I, didn't, I, don't, I wouldn't classify this guy as a, as a lefty. I, I think he's just a never-Trumper, just, just despises the president, judging by our uh, conversation yesterday. And I was hit with this, this story that President Trump is now under investigation. And I was befuddled by what they were talking about because I know that the man with the utmost integrity Mueller, remember, bipartisan integrity. There's no way he could have leaked about all of this stuff. But apparently, something got out to the pages of the Washington Post and the New York Times about Donald Trump now being under investigation for obstruction of justice. Now, this is off that testimony we heard from James Comey, who reaffirmed that under no time, or at no time, was... President Trump under any investigation when he was heading the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Zero. Nada. And he reaffirmed it to the president on three separate occasions. And James Comey was emphatic about that last week in testimony. So naturally, our buddies over the New York Times and the Washington Post, upon hearing a lot of uh, Republicans driving that point home, well, they said, well, we can't let this stand. So they dialed up their sources, you know, their anonymous sources, those sources. They dialed them up and said, hey, can you give us a quote saying that the president is indeed under investigation? And they said, sure, we are leaks are us. This is what we do. We leak things. Hell, we make crap up. That's what we do here at Leaks Are Us. And so let's leak it out so you guys can report it over at the Washington Times. I'm sorry, the Washington Post and the New York Times. <laughs> Washington Times, a reputable paper, a good paper. I recommend them. Washington Post and the New York Times, I don't. Why? Because James Comey affirmed last week that stories, news stories, again, making air quotes with my fingers for you folks on radio, you folks on Facebook Live, you, you can see it. These news stories that were put out by the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, uh, ABC, were confirmed by James Comey to be tripe, false, crap, 
BS. That was one of the big takeaways from James Comey's testimony is that these individuals I just mentioned, these organizations, I should say, and the individuals who run these organizations are in the business of putting out crap that has no resemblance to actual news. That's what they do. And James Comey confirmed that these stories that came out were absolutely BS. Not the truth. They were made up. Are you guys getting the picture? So I tweeted this out yesterday, and not to put too fine a point on this, I said, but these, making air quotes again, news organizations, aren't these the same news organizations who were confirmed by James Comey to have been lying in their pages about stories about the investigation of Trump collusion with Russia? Oh, by the way, you notice that the collusion discussion has all but disappeared because there's nothing there. There's, there's no there there. The FBI has been in investigating for almost a year and still no evidence of collusion. So now we're going to move on to obstruction, obstruction of justice. And the, the folks who are informing us of this are the Washington Post and the New York Times, the already proven lying so-called news organizations. And this guy Chip Franklin from San Diego and I-24 News are going, well, well Chris, it's, it's been confirmed. Oh, has it? You mean just like the last stories that said that Donald Trump was under investigation and he wasn't? Just like the news stories that said that James Comey was going to come uh, show up in front of this committee and say all manner of things about Donald Trump and didn't? As a matter of fact, the only thing that was somewhat damaging that James Comey said about Donald Trump is that James Comey personally thought he was a liar. So? <laughs> James Comey's a leaker. What do I care about a man who is obviously devoid of character, what he has to say about Donald Trump, the President of the United States? Why would I give a damn? I don't. I don't. And why would I believe anything that is written in the pages of the New York Times or the Washington Post. As a matter of fact, an editorial in the New York Times just today suggested that Sarah Palin was responsible for this left-wing nutcase shooting up Republicans on a baseball diamond in Virginia. Yes, it's uh, concluded. It's uh, evidentiary that uh, Sarah Palin was responsible for Gabby Giffords, and thus, and thus, he, uh, uh, she was responsible for this this crazy left wing nutball who shot up the Republican baseball field. I think the New York Times had to retract that. Not retract. They amended it. You see, when you're when you're a left wing publication, you never have to say you're sorry. You never have to say you're sorry. Oh, well, we are uh, modest correction here. Uh, there were no, uh, there was no linkage between Sarah Palin and the Gabby Gifford shooting. These are the credible news organization. This guy, Chip Franklin, and I-24 News were coming at me yesterday saying, well, hey, Donald Trump's under investigation. <laughs> really? I don't know that to be true. James Mueller hasn't stepped in front of the camera and said, he's under investigation nor would he. Uh, probably tomorrow, we'll get into this propriety of Mr. Mueller actually being involved 
as special counsel, as he is such a close personal friend of James Comey, that in and of itself is a no-no. That's all coming up uh, tomorrow on the Chris Salcedo Show. But today, the theme is very simple. You are the first line of defense. Stick with me, everybody. You folks on Facebook Live, get on over to the Blaze Radio and dial me up. 888-933-93-888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. You're on the Blaze. It's your Radio Republic. Be heard. 888-900-3393. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm glad you tuned in. Uh, Coming up, first we're going to deal with medical issues. Then we're going to deal with being armed and make sure you're armed. And then we're going to hear from uh, our buddy uh, Michael McCall, the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee. And uh, I talked with him late yesterday. So I wanted you guys to hear what we talked about because uh, he had a lot to say about yesterday's events. But uh, in the meantime, there are some things that that still need to be talked about after yesterday. And there were some things I wasn't able to play for you because they came down rather late in the day. And Ellie, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we play the audio of the shooting? Did that come down during our show or was that afterward? Yes, we played it. We did play that. Okay, good. I just don't, I don't want to be redundant, folks. But there were some things that I know that came down afterwards that I wanted to play for you. And it, it, it was so emotional yesterday. Uh, Texas Congressman Roger Williams realized, as did every person on that field and every member of Congress, that had Steve Scalise not been there. And by the way, the president came out today saying that... Uh, Mr. Scalise isn't out of the woods yet, that uh, he's in a bad way. I'm paraphrasing what the president had to say, but that's pretty much the, the long and short of it right there. So our, our prayers and our thoughts are definitely with the congressman. But the, the emotional, after all the bullets stopped flying and you had a chance to take inventory, to get out of your baseball uniform and get into your suit and tie. By the way, this is something that we had touched on late yesterday in the show. The game will go on. The game will go on. Uh, both Democrats and Republicans in a unified stand saying, well, we're not going to let the kooks win. And uh, I, I think that's a rather courageous stance to take. Anyway, Texas Congressman Roger Williams, whose staffer was hit in the leg, and thank goodness he was up in front of the cameras today. Yesterday, all of this emotion was kind of washing over him. And just put yourself, have you, have you ever had a near-death experience? 
Ellie, in your young life, have you ever had a near-death experience? Um, I personally haven't, but I, my little sister has. You really? Okay. I remember when I was uh, 17, I was driving in a car with my, uh, my best friend, to this day, who was still my best friend. Brand new, brand new uh, Suzuki. Uh, was it the Samurai? What, what was the one that, that ten, well, Ellie, you wouldn't know this. There was, a, there was a type of Suzuki that was prone to flip over a lot. And that's the one he bought before the, the bad news came out on those. And this was, again, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So we're, um, we're driving in his brand new Suzuki little four-wheel drive Jeep thing. And we're on a rather windy road, and of course we're young and we're stupid, and we're probably doing a little bit better than the than the, the speed limit that was safe to do, and we ended up rolling the thing. And it was one of those where you were glad you had the old poop bar right in front of you, and that's what I was grasping on for dear life. And I remember this like it was yesterday. We were tumbling around. I didn't know when it was going to stop. And as we were tumbling onto the ground, taking on dirt, and we landed, stopped, and we were still alive, <laughs> you know. And it was like one of those moments where you looked around. You look, I looked over at my best friend. He looked over at me. I was in the passenger seat. You okay? Yeah. You okay? Yeah. Okay. Everything. We, we were intact. By the, by the grace of God, we were intact. And we looked behind us, and our buddy Randy was in the back seat. He wasn't there anymore. <laughs> and thank goodness, as the... Jeep was rolling over. He fell out the back and basically just knocked his head on the concrete and the, and the Jeep just rolled right over him. Not, not physically on him, but just kind of like rolled over in that opening in the back of the Jeep. So he was, other than a bump on the head, a little scratch here and there, he was fine. I guess the broader point is, is after that point, when I realized, like, you know, you could have, I realized and my buddies realized we could have bought the farm that night. A lot of emotion tends to swim over you. You start getting a little reflective. You start uh, figuring out what the important things are and you want to go tell those in your life that happened to be my parents at the time that you love them. And this was, this type of emotion was washing over these Republican congressmen who are like lambs to the slaughter if it weren't for those two individuals who were carrying guns. Capitol Hill Police security detail for Congressman Scalise and Roger Williams steps in front of the cameras and thanks them. We saw two people risk their lives to save the lives of others. We saw courage in the face of death. And we saw examples of why all Americans should be grateful every day for law enforcement officers around this country. There could have easily been 25 deaths or more today. I think we had 25 team players and about 15 staff. But officers Griner and Bailey prevented that and my family and I will be forever grateful. And you can hear him choking up as he talks about his family. And... <laughs> A lot of the, uh, I was watching Chris Wallace interview uh, Winstrup and another congressman was on the field yesterday. And the question was, hey, did it ever cross your mind 
that 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 was the day you were, you were gonna you were gonna kick kick it and uh well one of them said who was an iraq war veteran plus being an a military medic or a, a doctor he said no you, you kind of just try to survive the moment you don't think about dying you just try to survive the moment it's afterward when it, once the shooting stops you start thinking about the possibility that you could have died the thin blue line held today and law enforcement officers everywhere should be proud and Americans everywhere should be thankful that this is still the kind of country that still produces these kinds of heroes. So I ask everybody to join me in praying for the victims and for their full recoveries before you go to bed tonight. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, Mr. Scalise, all those who were injured uh, during this horrific a- act yesterday. So this got us to thinking after a call that we received in an earlier version of the show, you know, what? how prepared are we? You are the first line of defense. We'll concentrate on the medical aspect because Steve Scalise, he benefited from having a medical doctor out there on the field. You might not be that lucky. So we'll talk to an expert about that next and then we'll deal with the guns. Back in a minute, it's the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. thin blue line held today. Texas Congressman Roger Williams, uh, understandably emotional uh, as he addressed reporters yesterday. One of his staff members hit in the leg and um, uh, was actually on camera today. So that was good to see. But these guys are put to the ringer. And that's one aspect of surviving is being able to respond to an aggressor. A lot of those lawmakers expressed angst that they were not armed and could not respond to somebody who was firing at them and that's one aspect that we will cover and touch on today but the other aspect is what the medical professionals one of them happened to be an iraq war veteran and a member of congress and a medical doctor getting out there and trying to tend to the wounded and some are saying these are life saving measures let's talk more about it with caleb cossey he has uh, been a medic involved with field and tactical medicine for over 15 years been providing various courses in field and tactical medicine throughout the united states since 2009 caleb welcome to the chris salcedo show good morning sir uh we were uh, talking about triage yesterday on the program and somebody one of the listeners of the salcedo show actually wrote in and told us about what it is that you you did and i was happy to to make your acquaintance on the phone yesterday so Talk about what it is that you do, because I think you used a phrase yesterday. It wasn't just uh, first aid. It was first aid on steroids, right? <laughs> yes, sir. It was the, in a nutshell, that's what uh, myself and uh, what my company does. We teach people how to combat that feeling of helplessness when a friend or loved one is severely injured. And we don't teach your run-of-the-mill uh, first aid or boo-boo type classes. And uh, the easiest way to explain it to people is just like I told you yesterday on the phone was, we teach uh, 
field medicine and tactical medicine, but uh, it's definitely a first date on steroids. It's, hey, what, not how to be the medics or how to be the EMTs and paramedics, but what can we do uh, to, to treat people before, they actually, before EMS actually arrives? And no matter if it's a few minutes or a few seconds or a few hours, uh, there's plenty that we can do. And that's where, you know, that's, that's what I do is show people how to do that. Well, it's a lot of people are starting to think more and more about this as things in the country, things around the world appear to be more chaotic than they have been. I know it's a matter of perspective. What sets uh, you apart from, as you said, the boo-boo classes? Give me an example of some of the things you teach that you won't get from the first aid boo-boo classes. Um, well, I don't want to miss, you know, misspeak, but uh, even the boo-boo classes are something. I will cr- give credit where it's due. They are something, but we're still not, uh, a lot of these classes are not brought to speed. They're not covering things like uh, massive, uh, ble- how to control massive bleeding with use of uh, tourniquets and hemostatic agents or penetrating chest trauma. You know, if we have received uh, penetrating trauma, stab wounds or gunshot wounds to the uh, chest around the ribcage area, how to deal with these chest seals or uh, the hemostatic agents in the tourniquets, you know? Yeah. How, how long are the classes typically that you put on if you were going to teach a, a, a unit of, of basic field medicine? How long, would, what kind of a time commitment are we looking at? Uh, the classes vary everywhere from a two-hour class, a one-day one class, to a two-day class. Um, we've got classes for healthcare professionals like EMTs and paramedics that are going to be working with SWAT teams that are um, over a week long. But for every, you know, John Q. citizen out there, um, uh, you know, eight-hour class, a one, you know, <laughs> one Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb Cossey, our guest right now, he has been involved with field and tactical medicine for over 15 years, and he teaches said he's been doing that since 2009. Uh, my, my understanding is, is this type of training that anybody can learn can be the difference between life and death in situations like we saw in Virginia yesterday. Is that, is that fair or accurate to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is not, you know, rocket science that we're teaching people how to do the things we're teaching them. It's uh, just very, very basic stuff and very simple stuff for, you know, that, uh, hey, how do we, um, you know, how do we use this tourniquet? How do we control these pro- or solve these problems that arise? And how do we identify these immediate life-threatening injuries? Um, very simple. In fact, when we started this, when I started this company, it was uh, geared for more for, law, uh, for uh, EMTs and paramedics. But then I realized, hey, as I'm teaching them, the the first people that are actually going to arrive on scene there are already there. You know, these, uh, the citizens and people are already there. Well, it'd be nice if they could help us help them and just learn a few, you know, little tricks of the trade here. And that really has spun off. And I'd say our, our target, our primary demographic of folks that take our classes are literally just your run of the mill average John, you know, Joe citizen. Yeah. You know what? And that's perfect in keeping with our theme today you meaning the general public are the first responders whether it be an incident where your family happens to be at and you are there if you have the proper training or in your community or in your city or in your neighborhood you are the first responder typically as you you rightly point out caleb it's it's the folks who are first on the scene and then waiting for paramedics that wait time can be the difference sometimes between life and death uh, how can people find uh, find you and 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 check out the services that you teach? Uh, they can look at our website at LoneStarMedics.com, like the Lone Star State of Texas. Okay. Uh, LoneStarMedics.com, uh, also on our Facebook page and Instagram. Now, what about folks, because the Salcedo Show is listened to by 
folks outside of our uh, of the DFW listening area all across the country, if they wanted to find folks in their area who do what you do, what are some of the keywords they can put into a browser that would that bring up some of those individuals? Uh, I would say some words like uh, stop the bleed or tourniquets, uh, pressure dressings, stuff like that. Um, hemostatic would agents. Would tactical, tactical medicine, medicine be good? Is a, is a, tactical medicine would be good. Uh, one of the just I want to be sure that hey, the, people get the applicable medical training, not yeah. just you know what we teach. Uh, obviously, the the SWAT officers is a little bit different type of class than we teach people that are taking a you know that are going to go hunting or fishing or you know enjoy you know out in a national park hiking and stuff versus hey i'm just driving around uh going to work and back and forth dropping the kids off make sure it's applicable tactical medicine and i know it sounds kind of odd that, hey well i don't i'm not a swat you know uh, officer so i don't need to learn <laughs> tactical medicine but yet yeah. uh we had a group of americans playing in Amer- you know playing baseball yesterday at a baseball field and a little tactical medical training might have helped a little bit. Thank goodness we had those those officers there already, uh, those Capitol Police officers that were there to 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 help there. But uh, you know we still hear accounts and the witnesses saying, "Hey, you know, um, we were we were panicked. We wanted we needed more help. We needed help, yeah. and someone else. We needed people to show up." Well, that's the uh, that's the lesson for today, folks. You are the first responder. Caleb Cossey, everybody. He's been a medic involved with field and tactical medicine for over 15 years. We appreciate the time and the expertise here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, so that's installment number one. Again, the the name of today's show is You Are the First Line of Defense. And uh, if you guys, if you're not in that particular area in Texas, then you folks can always check out those types of those medical services. Uh, tactical medicine is what I'd suggest you you search under, and you should be able to find somebody who'll be able to get you some of this first aid training. And it's not what what did he call it the the boo boo training? No, it's 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 not just the boo boo training. It's there's there's more to it than that. And as we witnessed yesterday with the the lawmakers who fashioned tourniquets out of their belts who had first aid training or like the surgeon, the Iraq war veteran surgeon who was out there. Uh, it, it could be a lifesaver. And as you heard our guest talk about Caleb, it, the, the fact that the fact that uh, he started off trying to, to teach EMTs, but the folks who were on the scene first, you, you, you will be the first one in your neighborhood in a disaster, you're going to be on there first. And instead of waiting for the paramedics, you could do something. What if it's your kids? What if it's your parents? What if it's your spouse? You could do something. So I wanted uh, you to know that there are places like this all over the country that teach tactical medicine. And unfortunately, in this day and age, uh, because of the unbalanced nature of certain folks, it's looking like we need this more and more. Now, the other aspect of all of this, of course, is the Second Amendment and your right of self-defense. We'll get into that coming up on the other side of the break. It's Chris Salcedo's show here on The Blaze. Dismantling liberal ideology, one issue at a time. This is The Chris Salcedo Show, The Blaze Radio Network.
taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-933-93. 888-900-3393. That's the telephone number. Let's get out to Maryland. Hey, Anthony, welcome to the Salcedo Show. Hey, how you doing today, Chris? I'm doing well, sir. What's on your mind? Well, so... Uh, so I'm, I'm a disabled vet, and I've been deployed numerous times in support of this country. And like a lot of Americans, I have a real passion. And so after I live in Maryland, close to D.C., and after the incidents yesterday morning, um, I elected to contact all of my congressmen and senators um, and express to them my concern over the growing amounts of political violence that we've been seeing in the country over the last year and a half and actually uh, – requested them, implored them to go ahead and start considering and drafting legislation that would make it a federal felony uh, for anybody who engages in political activism that results in bodily injury or property damage uh, as a result, because I'm a fervent believer of the First Amendment, that you have the right to peaceably assemble, but I also believe that that right ends at my nose and my property or somebody else's property. So this is something that that it's growing like like a, a a cancer in our society that we really truly have to, to 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 do something about this now and i'm afraid the only way to do it is to actually make legislation at the federal level and really start going after these groups and these individuals who partake in this so now what I about what about right right now u.s code 249 which is which is hate crimes Right now, uh, it involves offenses involving actual or perceived race, color, religion, or national origin. Are you saying that you want to include in the hate crimes legislation also political persuasion? Um, no, I'm not wanting to make it a hate crime. I would like this to be a specific class of crime because, in my opinion, hate crimes— uh, I, I, share, I shy away from hate crimes as much as possible. I've got a background in political science and criminology— and, uh, you know, the, the idea of the, the identity politics, I think, further fuels the fire from one side or the other. So I don't want to include it into the hate crimes legislation. It should be its own standalone um, uh, topic within our U.S. code that, that explicitly calls out political violence. Um, political it, violence. I, I'm not, political violence, right. If you demonstrate so, so just so I understand now, what was what was your is your prescription that if you are found guilty of of political violence, meaning shooting at somebody because you hate their their political ideology, would that carry well, a stiffer crime? Because it's already illegal to shoot at somebody uh, unless right. it's justified, of course. So would, would that carry a stiffer penalty? What does this look like? So so. If you look at what happened yesterday, there's federal law in place that says that if you attack a federal law, uh, legislator, law enforcement official, something like that, you're subject to a federal uh, felony at that point. Okay. Okay. But let's take All the right. situation. Let's take let's take the situation of the UC professor out in California who is uh, being prosecuted right now for slamming the guy in the head with that U-shaped bike lock. That's a he, he's facing a felony at the state level, but he see, he faces absolutely no repercussions at the federal level because that is not a federal crime. That is simply an assault and battery uh, felony charge in the state of California. I want those those um, types of crimes to be to be able to be addressed at the federal level because certain states where there are more uh, liberal progressive uh, judges and whatnot. Um, may 
not consider those types of actions as insidious and detrimental to long-term uh, health of our country. As Well, Anthony, you know, the, the libertarian in me mm-hmm. is a little spooked by something like this because I can definitely see how our political adversaries, progressives, mm-hmm. could use a law like this to, to really, uh, a federal law, to really do a lot of harm and abuse abuse the rights and liberties of of uh, conservatives who don't undertake any type of violent acts, but uh, that th- this law could be construed and and twisted into a pretzel to fit a, a liberal agenda. Are you uh, well, are you at all well, concerned so, about that? So no, because the legislation that I have proposed to my congressional leaders is that the law would be specific. If in the pursuit of your political activism, you cause bodily harm to an individual intentionally, or you intentionally cause property damage as a part of your political expression, then you should be subject to harsh penalties. Because at the end of the day, whether you're progressive or liberal, I don't believe that your right to protest gives you the right to injure me because you disagree with my politics. I don't believe that your right to... Uh, protest gives you the right to damage. So you want to take it. You want to. You you want somebody not only to be subject to, to state uh, penalties, but you also want the federal government to get involved and impose federal penalties on somebody who undertakes something like that. Right, because the concern is not you know you're demonstrating. You've got a group of demonstrators, and accidents happen. Okay, that's an interesting that's idea, Anthony. I got the I got the music playing, but I think it's a very interesting idea. Uh, do me a favor. If if you call up some lawmakers' offices in the future, I'd, I'd really like to hear what kind of feedback you're getting. And maybe some folks listening to us right now will give us some feedback. 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. We're talking Second Amendment next. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network.